Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of WA Exposé, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. More wholesome than a bunning sausage sizzle and sexier than your Candy Crush high score, today's guest is the human equivalent of finding the 13th nugget in your 12-pack. <laughs> when it comes to campery expression and shiny things, he is a firm believer that more is more, and he's always said that. Strap in, strap on, and prep yourself because you never know what he will bring to the stage. Come for the show and stay for the ride because this artist will leave you excited, confused, and wanting to be breast friends in a history book way, I'm, of course, talking about Brad Tidd. <laughs> Hello, Brad. Hi. That was great. You trying not to giggle that whole time. Oh, that sounds way better when you read it. Me trying to yeah. spell it out disjointedly. like It was great. You read it to me off air just a moment ago, and I was thinking, like, great, awesome. Every time you would say the word Brad, I'd be like, replace that with this cool da- guy, this cool guy over here, <laughs> so that we can dive into the moment where I, quote, unquote, reveal who yeah. my guest is every week, and it then I was been like, anyone. And then I was like, this and this and this camera would prove me wrong <laughs> because <laughs> anyone who's watching would be like, "We already knew. Why did you pretend to do a big reveal?" <laughs> yeah, could have been anyone, especially the no. There was the other one was the Crocs one. That's fine. Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's try diving straight in for mm-hmm. you, Brad. Why drag? Um. Well, I would like to have a very profound explanation, but the reason I got into drag initially um, is just the fact that I can be bullied into doing anything by saying <laughs> you wouldn't um, because I'm a lot of things, but a mm-hmm. shit bloke, I am not. Right. Um, and it was, I think I maybe kind of didn't realize what I was getting myself into. I kind of came out of the closet and onto a drag stage immediately because the people that I was watching, it was crown of the court two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And everyone just jokingly was like, oh, when when are you going to do it? When's it your turn? And I was like, I reckon immediately soon. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, but I feel like... Drag was a really good uh, kind of exploration of gender for me. Mm. Um, And I feel like a lot of drag kings kind of take things from like their stage persona and step into these things like, oh, I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that this is just artistic exploration. Yeah, like everyone sits here and questions their pronouns uh, this much, like in a a cis way. Um, (laughs) In a cis way? (laughs) (laughs) Like just everyone does. Um, But no plot twist, no one uh, considers their gender um, that much if they are born assigning, identifying with what they were assigned with at birth. Yeah, totally. And then that kind of led me to the burlesque kind of place. Um, And I don't know, it was just very wholesome and fulfilling, bringing some representation. Mm. And 
it's uh, for me having like a dance background as well. I think a lot of things felt not comfortable for me uh, in terms of like costumes and movement and stuff mm. that maybe was looking back on it made for people that maybe did identify with the gender that they had at the time totally. and maybe would have felt correct for those kind of people if that movement and uh, expression felt at home, but it didn't quite for me. But if there's one thing about me, it's that I love attention mm-hmm. and everyone looking at me. Um, and I was chatting with my mom. I know I said that we weren't going <laughs> to delve too far back, but yeah. um, the other day and she was like, the first dance concert you ever did when you were three years old (laughs) you came home and you were like I just really love being on stage (laughs) um we knew then and we know now yes and I guess the rest is history um but yeah it is quite empowering being able to be in charge of um everything that goes into your number and having full control and from like the concept to the costume to like the message and things that you know, may go into it behind it and the reason that motivates you. Um, But then also having people after approach you and tell you that, like, they felt empowered to live their own true self based on what you're putting out there. Um, And then you're just trapped and (laughs) have to keep on going forever because it's just you're hooked. (laughs) That almost made it sound like it was a bad thing. Like, Yeah, no. And you're trapped and you must be an artist forever. No, honestly, I think when I was a brand new baby, um, like I'm still a baby, but like a brand new baby, Mm. um, and you ask drag queens, like, what what advice would you give for brand new drag artists? And they're like, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do this Don't do it. Run while you still can. And like, it seems like such a joke at first. And now you're like, oh, this is me. Yeah. But it sounds like there was a lot of power in finally being able to like fully control how other people saw you too. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um to be able to put out what whatever you want and like it expression as a art form for yourself rather than like resonating in with different parts and enjoying different parts taking everything with a grain of salt mm. like to you know full creative control of what you really want to do yeah do you remember that first performance at um was it at crown did you say um yeah it used to be called burswood the the burswood i don't know wasn't crown sure. wasn't I- crown for quite a while um i remember running into the curtain and being mortified. <laughs> um, Why did you run into this cause? Yeah, no sense of um, spatial awareness. Yeah, great. Um, very it. ADHD. Mm. But um, no, apparently there were some great takeaways that it's nice to be reminded of now. <laughs> Do you know what the song was? In His Kiss by Cher. Nice. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I've performed it many times drunk. I don't know how I still remember it. I think we had a video. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's like drink starts tasting like I'm about to do a share number. Song, yeah. yeah. Share is approximately five drinks. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> that is no. the writer. Yeah. One sip, um, but the drink is water. I'll do it right now. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> catch you. No, I could never get the rights to share here. Yeah, no. That's not something that I could afford. <laughs> royalty free. That's it. Yeah. Royalty free share. I know you still consider yourself to be a baby drag, mm-hmm. but how would you compare like where you began to like who Brad is currently? Yeah, I've been performing for less than two years, so I'm very much at the start of my journey. Mm. But I feel like the journey comes with a lot of trial and error and you learn what feels good and what feels it's like things you feel comfortable performing and in line with your, I don't know, persona and message and platform um, through doing things that don't feel like they're in line with that. Mm. So like... 
you kind of feel excited at these opportunities. Like you can turn up to Drag Factory with a USB and two songs and <laughs> wear your heart out. Um, and that's kind of overwhelming. And the more you do things that don't feel in line, the more you feel a direction and a power to what you do want to put out there. Yes. Okay. But can we talk about that a little bit more? Like the idea of like what's pulling you and what's not pulling you, even though you're already where you wanted to be. Mm, I'm unsure. I feel like I don't know where I want to be. I feel being so young in my journey, there's not a lot of pressure to have an end goal. Yeah. And I feel like I'll be writing the baby train for as long as I possibly can. <laughs> I'll be like 10 years into my career and be like, oh, I'm still a baby. I just started last week. How dare you? I don't, I don't need a lush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, supposed to have all this stuff. I just began. Yeah. And I feel like it's very important to not, you know, put so much pressure on yourself mm. and to not expect yourself to, you know, be polished and make this a career and to not set out to achieve anything other than being content and happy with what you put out on stage per performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then, like, it's a community. We're all doing this for art and for expression. No one's expecting, like, a drag race performance every Wednesday night. (laughs) (laughs) If they are, they've kind of come to the wrong place. Yeah. And, yeah, just remembering that it is a community. Everyone's happy for you trying and the older performers that – are there to, you know, guide and foresee are the first people to tell everyone that if you think you can do better, then do it. Yes. Okay. That's really important. I know that we talked a little bit off air before we get, began about like the structure of a bio before I read out your <laughs> one on air um, and about the idea of like having all of these like long lists of just credentials and just being like, okay, my bio is no longer interesting. Your bio is interesting. My bio personally is just sort of like, she did this and this and this, hire her. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> but the idea of like having just like a long list of credentials in a space where people actually allow you to fail must be a bit different. Yeah. I guess so. Like I said, it's more qualitative than quantitative. Mm. Mine. Yes. I haven't been here long enough to have like not that I've not achieved things, but like yeah. uh, I have. I'm not like a competitions guy. I'm not setting out to tick boxes that maybe everyone considers to be a marker of success, especially considering the like in a post-COVID society where we don't have the facilities and money and everything to have all these shows every single weekend. There's just not enough space for it to be anyone's full-time career, especially as a newer performer. Mm. Um, So as soon as you're setting out to achieve, I don't know, X, Y, and Z, then you're kind of forgetting the real reason that you should be performing, which is to express and for yourself and to broaden the representation of everything that we have because no matter who you are like what makes you you where you come from what your gender skin color anything the fact that you're a different person is adding to diversity because Mm. no one else is like you yeah completely with all of that like knowledge in hand how did you approach kings of the underground then because is that a did you classify that as a competition or just like a new experience for me that was very special to be approached to Mm. participate in that I'm not a competitions person at all I've always said that I'm not going to compete but I just felt it was very special and being able to bring something different in terms of like non-binary representation Um, also it was like one night one and done competition (laughs) which was 
less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't perform well under those kinds of circumstances, which is fine. Not everyone does. Mm, totally. Um, some people thrive and especially with like the burlesque kind of scene, it's a good marker to see where you're at, mm. to get feedback if that's something that you would like. Again, riding the baby train, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing you. I'm just finding my feet. I don't want feedback yet. <laughs> yes. I'm such a baby, but I was asked uh, the kings of the underground. Oh, uh, gosh, I'm so special. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good marker. Um, some people take that pressure and it really, like, lights a fire under their bum and pushes them to the next level. But I'm just <laughs> here to, I don't know, whirl and put some different things on stage that you probably wouldn't have seen before. Mm-hmm. Be Be silly. Um, be entertaining and I think uh, Kitty Latour and I a while ago were like my favourite part of performing is hanging backstage with everyone (laughs) (laughs) and Kitty who we've obviously had on this podcast also does a duo act with you yes we do a duo called Bloke Back Mountain Mm. my toxic trait is uh, making everyone agree to do duos with me (laughs) (laughs) on planning very funny ideas that I think would be quite camp and Kitty just has the most yes and personality oh, for sure. yeah. of anyone ever. Yeah, we did You and Me But Mostly Me was the first number that we did mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from Book of Mormon. Got new kids, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> we're doing a duo. It's this. Can I pick your king name? <laughs> Can I pick our duo name? Can I make us a duo Instagram? <laughs> Can we get married? Let's produce a show. Um, Can we do all of these things, but I'm only a baby and I'm not going to be your drag dad right now. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not your dad. I'm very busy. (laughs) Um, But no, it was very fun. Um, Very silly. After like doing so much burlesque wise and you coming to a show needing like an extensive bag of everything that could possibly go wrong, including kitchen sink, maybe turning up with like a shirt tie and pants um, and nothing else maybe like some stuff to touch up. But again, me being so ADHD and vibing the backstage life so hard, like if I don't put my lashes on and I say I'm going to do it at the venue, I'm not going to do it at the venue. Really? 100%. So you've got to show up like as bright ready to go. Good to go. Yeah. Yeah, It's not going to happen. I can tell tell myself it's going to, but it won't. And is it just the energy backstage that takes you away from doing what you're supposed to do? Well, yeah. supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. I have uh, described myself as many things, um, as you can tell from that bio. But I love it. <laughs> I think the most accurate is golden retriever energy in the way that I get so excited when I see people I like that mm. I will just piss myself. Yeah. And as, <laughs> as soon as... I'm it's... really offended you didn't we when we came in here today. <laughs> no, I'm sad. No. I did a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, I just get so jazzed and uh, so hyped to see everyone that anything I was supposed to do when I get there is just not going to happen. Mm. Unless someone tells me that it's very important to them, in which case... <laughs> Let's I goes, love. Hi, drag dad. I'm so sorry that I called you dad. I'm very sorry. Can we please practice our number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, or we could get some bubbles. Uh, okay. Well, mm, that wins out, obviously, overall. <laughs> yeah, honestly. the Before every new kids, Betty will have a really wholesome, beautiful huddle with the, the cast mm. um, to, like, prep us and, you know, get the, the good vibes going. And before that particular one, it was just Kitty and I, like, holding a glass of bubbles. <laughs> and um, Betty was like, I want everyone to be on their best behavior. I don't know why. I'm looking over at you two. <laughs> and we were like, what? I think I also did that in you kids, but I was on the other side of the stage, Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember hiding in a corner because, like, I was just so – with a mask on and three masks on because I was just so scared mm-hmm. of, like – I've heard that yeah. that's how masks work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Masks was just inducing extra fear because I was already freaking out because I had a – my spouse – 
had somebody at work who was a close contact. So obviously I skipped all the part where this probably doesn't affect me and when mm-hmm. this definitely does affect me and yep. therefore affects everybody on the stage. So I need to like be a squirrel in a corner, which I'm sure was the right thing to do, but also just stop me from like enjoying any part of the evening entirely. Sure it was still fun. Yes. No, everybody else was fantastic and amazing, but I like – you know, like that outsider thing where you just let that rule your opinion of an entire event because you're just like, oh, I'm deciding to be grumpy and difficult because I've decided that this matters to me <laughs> and it really had nothing to do with me. And then I just went home being like, Aria hates me. <gasps> no, we weren't even on the same side of the stage. This isn't how you really felt, is it? No. Squash the beef right now. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun I actually came off. on this podcast to address some beef. <laughs> <laughs> As Veruca would say, real beef or vegan beef? Yeah. That's even better. Which I would argue that would uh, insinuate that it was more even bigger beef. Yeah. Plot twist. This is no longer a good bit. <laughs> no. We can cut it's that out, right? We can cut like that out, right? Yeah. No, I'm keeping it in. Where on earth were we going with I any of that? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we've we squashed our Beyond Beef. Beyond Beef, yeah. Great. Squashed. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cancelled. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with any of that. Credentials, new kids, um, competitions. It's gone. Mm. This is the best bit of the show. Yeah. This is the best bit of the show is the bit where I get undone and I don't know what Do you have ADHD? Doing. No. No. <laughs> Did I say that convincingly? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. That's not something I've ever really explored either. Am we supposed to? No. I was just going to say this is like the the back and forth that like only other neurodivergent people would get lost with and we have to like catch an Uber back to the point that's how far away it is. What was my point? Where did I – why are you here? This is the first time I've met you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Brad. Hello. I'm I'm Aria. Um, We maybe passed each other in a new kid's place but apparently I was awful. Which, is, which I totally get. That is um, that is Aria Scarlett's entire vibe is just terrible. As soon as the wig goes on, she sucks. <laughs> Before the wig goes on, I'm a delight to be around. I'm so nice. As soon as the hat goes on, I'm just. I love calling wigs hats. <laughs> it's my favorite it's thing my to favorite. do. I have like, oh, there's so many things that like I recognize have no business being that funny. And like, yeah. there's no reason for me to be that tickled or kicked in the giggle dick that hard. Mm. But calling mm. wigs hats, it's all like, me. it is all I do. And whenever I talk to venues, especially like corporate functions and stuff, yeah. where like they have a particular hat that they would like me to wear, but they don't understand that it's a hat. They just think that it's like one of the many options that I can just slip into, yeah. with, you know, with the no hair that I have and suddenly have more hair and a different colored hair. And I'll be like, oh, that's fine. I'll just grab the purple hat for you. And they'll be like, what? No, don't wear a hat. No, no, we've got that sorted. Fire warden is all good in case of emergency. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Not understanding that, like, if I actually went to do that at the hairdressers, I would be charging you a lot more every time you ask me to perform. Oh, yeah, right. What about your wigs? Hats. Um, My hats are, again, riding the baby train. Mm. (laughs) Mostly, yeah, no. Brad is a cap wig kind of guy. Um, I should invest. I did buy some for King of the Underground that mm. I just put off styling until it was too late. And I was like, guess we're wearing the same the same cat wig that we always do. Yeah. And I also, do you have ADHD? Yeah. I do. No, I'm very, very neurodivergent. I'm 
been diagnosed with ADHD quite a few years ago and my psychiatrist was like, let's uh, delve into autism. And I was like, let's not. Hey, not this week. Let's not. I'm not ready to cross the bridge. I'm not ready to cross. Busy. I got hats that need styling that I'm not going to do. Yeah, no. Sorry, I fully ruined you then. You were styling hats that you weren't going to style for King of the Underground. We're talking about your hats. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm a big believer in work smarter, not harder. And like, it is probably, I don't know, my biggest uh, tip to new kings um when people are like what is your tips for makeup and i know they mean can you help me do things better but mine is like if you wear a fringe you don't need to contour your forehead <laughs> or sometimes draw eyebrows on that was a beautiful one for barbecue if um, you just wear a mask every day you don't have to have a face yeah <laughs> that's a great tip yeah i know i remember when dragathon um barbie had this really cute like front bang situation going and I was like oh my god Bobby I love your wig and she was like yeah I don't have eyebrows on because I don't have to <laughs> I love I that there's also just an incredible video of Barbie by the way Barbie come on my show I say that every week now and it's become my whole thing where Barbie's wearing like this incredible gown on stage like a tie front gown mm-hmm. and somebody gets they're like screaming and people get like undo it and it's like yeah it's just boy under here because yeah. I don't have to be in drag underneath this robe. Oh, yeah it's great yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, don't have to draw eyebrows or contour your forehead if you wear a fringe mm-hmm. because that's the, for whatever reason, most annoying part of doing makeup. Yeah. Um, also, drawing on eyebrows separate to the to the, the forehead. Um, don't know why, especially if I do femme drag, which uh, Jolene doesn't well quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But when she does, I will complain about doing eyebrows the whole time. <laughs> I think I just made a part of my brand to be like, I have blonde eyebrows. It's like, you're in a red wig. It's like, I have blonde eyebrows. Mm-hmm. You can't see them. They don't exist. Yeah, and also the best thing is um, you can just claim artistic direction no matter what. This is my drag, and I took it in this direction on purpose. <laughs> I've actually got a backstory as to why I shaved them off and just, yeah. you know, threw my whole forehead in the bin. But, yeah. you know, you, what I'm hearing is you're a fake fan. You don't know. <laughs> what I'm hearing is you went on my Insta Live when I got ready, so you mm. don't understand my <laughs> story. <laughs> The Insta Lives. The Insta Lives. Uh, on Insta Lives, we're going to go to our break so that I can finish sculling uh, my iced coffee because I need to. Um, and then we come back. I would love to talk about your opinions on the Perth scene. Yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And we're back. I still have the pleasure of sitting across from Brad Tit. The hair flick is phenomenal. Yes. Gosh, I wish we had longer hair so we could just sort of like right. fully go into it completely. Pull a neck muscle, it's a whiplash. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'm sure my insurance. My insurance does not cover that. It doesn't cover whiplash. It might. I'll revise. 
Oh, do let us know. Duck for cover, we're going to have some words. <laughs> Duck for cover doesn't cover artists anymore, does it? I what? I that was a thing. Cut that out. I don't know if that's that true. Yeah, I could be fully lying. Don't tell any producers that I've just uh, formed with that. Mm, Who are you I'm with? probably lying. Who am I with? Yeah. SGIO? Okay. Go Eagles. I'm going to. Anyway, that was there. I'm going to sort that out before Fringe. <laughs> I'm a singer, though. No one listened to me when it comes to insurance because the only thing that apparently I'm going to ruin is like somebody's, what, the, the glassware that they're holding. If I manage to ever hit that high note that cracks glass. Mm. Yeah, I was. um remember the scene in is it chamber of secrets uh dawn french oh yeah where just with my voice which he cracks the glass behind her um no one go watch that i think that was prisoner of azkaban (gasps) you're right i'm so wrong you're right it was prisoner of azkaban again cancel me a second time for this episode that's fine (laughs) no one go watch that wa cancelled expose Exposed. Yeah. We just put a hard D on the end of this show. Yeah. Can I just say, I okay, all the bits that I find funny for no reason, mm. I think it must be, I don't know if it's the neurodivergent in me, mm. but for whatever reason, I can't get off soft J's where they do not belong. Now that I bring it up, I've never heard a word with a J in it forever. Like, so my boss, sorry, crack my knuckles in the microphone. You're all welcome. Right. We now do um, ASMR. Welcome back to the okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't um, know. Come on, this is great. <laughs> with your host, Brent, and no. um, My boss at the circus school I work at mm-hmm. is also named Joe. For anyone that doesn't know, my name is Joe. Um, and we call it Jojo Circus, but I've been saying it's Yo-Yo Circus. Okay. Just like anywhere that that soft J is not warranted, I will put it in and peak comedy. And like the funny bit that makes people laugh is not me saying the soft J, it's me staring at them. Until they get that I'm doing a bit <laughs> and then laughing at how stupid I am. The like intentional eye contact, yeah. that's the joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> the joke is that I'm looking at you. Uh, yeah. And you're like, okay. Ha ha ha. Ah, who am I to Brad? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm yoking. I'm yoking. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know where we're going with that. But. Um, I'm going to fully try and detour you back to the art scene. <laughs> If that's okay. If at some point on this art show we could talk about the arts. But, I mean, you're – I mean, this whole uh, bit that you've been doing, this yoke about, like, soft J's has yeah. been absolutely fantastic. Soft did I do J's. that right? You did. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was great. We great. didn't was, didn't even address to her, so we just, like, went straight in for the yeah. bit. That was yeah. great. I, has, I wasn't thinking about that for the last 20 minutes, just being like, let's go. Come on. You can do it. Say yoke. Say yoke. <laughs> no, I loved it. Um, something you said in the first half of this podcast, though, if I can just, like – hook us back in mm-hmm. was about like your experience with kings of the underground mm-hmm. how you had like this wonderful time getting to like experience all of these other incredible drag king acts and like masculine acts um in like a really welcoming space we've said it before cherry bomb is doing a lot of hard work when it comes to like creating a very inclusive space do you think that like that's the beginning for something really good here in the perth art scene I think it's, yeah, it was really wholesome and really wonderful. I'm not a competitions kind of person Mm -hmm. and I think I was very stressed out even though I've done a number of cherry bombs before and it's also always so lovely and, like, safe and comfortable. But I was just a wreck (laughs) backstage because as soon as it's competitive, I just don't do well, Um, which is fine. I have many other strong attributes like my soft J bit. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, it was just really important to me uh, to – you know, bring what I had to bring. Serenity and Georgia were very like this. They gave us 
very good guidelines guidelines to what we had to put out there and what was expected of us while also leaving it as open as possible for us to oh, create and yeah. like express ourselves and to just bring the diversity and that's primarily what it was and it was a very big passion project for Serenity mm-hmm. because I don't know just a wonderful human and yes. I don't even want to try and explain what they said to us because I don't want to butcher it yeah. and it was very wonderful we had some like very wholesome moments backstage with everyone the judges and all of us just hung out together and like we even had a group chat in the lead up and like everyone was so supportive of each other yeah. like it barely felt like a competition my brain is just like let's stress about everything that we can stress about yeah yeah I think the kings are definitely getting a lot of recognition um which is nice mm. I have been asked to perform at a Pride event as a king that they specifically wanted to, like, have a king to show that representation, and that's very special for me. And I don't think it's been announced that I'm doing or if it is getting announced before just doing it, but I know this this will be released. Yeah, You did it, and everybody did it with a standing ovation. It was was really great. Yeah, Yeah, everyone loved it. (laughs) But, yeah, I think kings are really getting the recognition and – I really like the cross genre um, of kings into other scenes as well mm-hmm. for myself in burlesque and I know Jackson Coke through the circus as well. Yes. It's just really nice to see different representation. That was kind of what was the most important to me. I wasn't going out to compete to win. I was mm. going out to, you know, if one non-binary or trans baby was, they felt seen, then I did my job. Totally. I've had people either message or come up to me like at events or at uh, places that aren't even relevant to drag and ask like if I'm Brad and let me know that like you know they feel valid in their non-binary identity because Mm -hmm. seeing Brad do burlesque and you know go down to pasties and not bind is like you can be non-binary and have breasts and you don't need to look a certain way to be valid you can use whatever pronouns you want based on nothing like you just are who you are and you put that onto the world and people will respect that and it's okay and that's kind of yeah why I do what I do yeah it's incredible it does also sound like a lot of emotional labor that's like being put on like we don't have we do have obviously they're just not being highlighted as much as they should be we do have like an incredible pool of like kings Hmm. in Perth um, but because of like the lesser representation over the years, not just recently, yeah, it can often be that those heads that do poke their head above the sand end up having to like bear the brunt of a lot of emotional labor. I mean, I we know that like Perth's dad, uh, Blake King Cassette, mm. ends up with having to deal with a lot of emotional labor, which thankfully he's incredible and yeah. takes that all in stride. But is beautiful it a human. lot, yeah, beautiful, beautiful human. Totally. I don't know. I think. Yes and no. You do learn to separate um, and put boundaries up as to like when you check your drag accounts and Mm. if you're going out to an event, you're doing so under the knowledge that people are probably going to know who you are or have seen you perform before because the community is quite small and it's good to like assess where your spoons are at and how much energy you have to receive that before you, you know, leave the house. Mm. I don't yeah, I wouldn't say it's like labor as such. It's quite wholesome and, and wonderful and like I like to say that I'm a tough Aquarius that doesn't <laughs> um show a lot of feelings, yeah. but like sometimes I've just cried because of the really lovely sweet things that people have sent or said to me. And yeah, just like that's for a lot of us why we do what we do is to mm. express ourselves but also to give that representation and you know 
it's important to have people on stage look different and perform different things because it's not until you see someone that is like you on stage that you realise, like, hey, this is for me as well. Um, I remember when I first started drag and, like, still identified as a woman, I saw Drag Race and was like, oh, I love drag. I wish I could do it, like, but I'm not a man. And then I saw Moxie Hart Mm. performing and I was like, what? Girls can do drag as well? And, like, she fucking crushed it and it was so amazing. And that was pivotal. And then, uh, like, a month or so later I saw Freddie performing Mm. at a a. 1am show and I was like, who is that? You can do drag and, like, <laughs> dress as a boy. Like, yeah. you, you don't just, like, perform drag as, like, a man, as a woman. Yeah. And then seeing that you can be, like, a man channeling a different energy of, like, a male performer or a woman channeling a different energy of a female performer mm. or uh, I don't know what performing the energy of an I don't know what. Totally. <laughs> you, all the drag things and like drag clowns and like Monsters club kids. And, yeah. yeah. Um, drag is really like anyone for anything. It's uh, essence and it's an energy and it's like a, a highlight mm. of a certain aspect of like a mood or emotion or something that you want to put on stage, which is relevant to just that specific. Yeah. And gender thing. is a performance. Yeah. Yeah. And when your non-binary gender is always a performance, mm. just to a smaller scale. Yeah, completely. No, I appreciate you saying that. That's really, really good. Uh, what do you think going forward, and you don't have to have the answer to this question, mm-hmm. um, the community could do to continue to support and uplift uh, local kings in the scene? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we're all already doing so much yep. and, you know, putting those kinds of answers towards a future that we don't no, it's hard to want to speak for our future self and it's mm-hmm. hard to know what future kings might need um, and wh- where the scene might go. I feel like it's just nice to explore things as they come and it's nice to appreciate changes as we recognise them. It's not something to put expectations on and to hope towards any certain thing because as soon as you put expectations, it's just leading yourself open for disappointment. I love that answer. That was the most wholesome answer I think I've ever had on that. That was so good. That was really good. I'll just do you want to host the show. I'm going to leave. I'm going to walk out the door. Oh, but I, I feel that honestly as well, like as a, a new performer, like mm. it's like I said before, you can't expect, to, you know, want all these gigs, especially when you don't know these gigs exist mm. because uh, there's just not enough to provide for everyone on a full-time basis. And like Dragon Burlesque is expensive. So even if you are getting booked for all these things, like the cost is always going to, for the most part, going to outweigh because shiny things are great or maybe I'm just really bad at um, <laughs> oh, I, Well, I mean, you, I'm, I'm talking to a magpie, right? Like, yeah, that's, honestly. That's what this conversation is. Shiny things. <laughs> My chat with Brad Titt, the magpie. The magpie. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you expect things and you uh, have these preconceived ideas of what success and what your success specifically should look like, you're just setting yourself up to be disappointed because uh, you're focused on things that haven't existed yet and you're missing a lot of things that maybe could be making you happy in the meantime. That's so beautiful. That's so profound. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. All right. I didn't know we were coming on here to be profound. Uh, should I say something really silly, silly to make up for it? Do you want to um, say more yolks or something? More yolks. Okay. Also, um, <laughs> we have a camera, so. <laughs> the visual gag is fantastic. What is this? Is this called? Close-up magic. <laughs> <laughs> It's the thumb 
thing where you pull yeah, the thumb away from thumb. the rest of the hand. My favorite. I remember uh, one new kids um, that I went to go watch. Um, they were setting up Ruby's uh, pole mm. and um, I had had quite a bit of bubbly wine at that point. Yep, so yep. Um, all I was seeing was they needed a volunteer. And I walked walked myself on stage and they wanted your best party trick. And I was like, boy, do I have a party trick for you. Um, and everyone was expecting me to do the splits because, like, n- having no hamstrings is my only personality trait. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, turned around and did the thumb the thumb gag and it was quite funny and everyone laughed. I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it for people who are just listening. But what What is that gag called? I know you're saying close-up magic, but it's like that one where you have your – Thumb and you pretend you, you, pretend, like you the... pretend your thumb is not attached to the rest of your hand. Mm-hmm. Is that look? Look it up. Google it. Yeah. Google detached thumbs and then don't blame yeah, me maybe, for the content. Maybe that you don't. End up yeah, maybe don't at. Google that. We'll look it up. Put it in the show notes. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm not going to remember to do that. I'm not going to remember that either. Do that. If you don't know what we're talking about, you know what? Like, good. F- good for you. Yeah. I think you've lived a really good life if you've got no idea what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have anything else silly you want to say? Ah uh, no. <laughs> Great. No, I love that. That's fantastic. Um, well, let everybody know where they can find you on the internets and all of that good stuff. Um, on Instagram, brad.tit. Great. Yeah. I love that. That's the thing. Brad.tit. That's it. You know what I actually will remember to do is put that link in the show notes. That's one thing I actually do do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do do. <laughs> Great. That's perfect. I'm just going li- to live cut here. Remember, everyone, if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send us your questions to waexposepod at gmail.com. Thank you, Brad, for joining me. Thank you for <laughs> me. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld, and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlet.com forward slash WA expose. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.